Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So much to talk about. An interesting All-Star weekend. Matthew Barzal representing the Islanders at the All-Star game and definitely making his presence felt. We'll talk a lot about Barzy's weekend in St. Louis and how it went for the Islanders' lone representative. We'll also talk about the Islanders' future. Where will they play playoff games if they make the postseason this year? Will they play them at the Nassau Coliseum? Will it be at the Barclays Center? Or will it be like last year where they kind of split things a lot and, and broke it down with one round being in on Long Island, one round being in Brooklyn? We'll talk a lot more about that. We'll have this date in Islanders' history and a lot more still to come. Don't forget, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can email the show, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Leave us your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to read your comment or question on the air and discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. Uh, Also, you could follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, so uh, that will keep you up to date on all things New York Islanders. We have got a lot to discuss today. We'll start with Matthew Barzal and his weekend in St. Louis. First off and foremost, Barzal pulls off a, a, a little bit of an upset by winning the fastest skater competition at the All-Star Game skills competition on uh, Friday. And, you know, that's just fun. At the end of the day, the skills competition is one of those things where the players are relaxed, they're having a good time, they're competitive with each other, because that's the nature of most professional athletes. But at the same time, uh, look, Barzal's surprise victory gives him something to hang his hat on and adds to his reputation when it comes to, uh, you know, how he's viewed around the league. And the beautiful thing I think that Islander fans have to understand about Matthew Barzal is that he has not even come close as of yet to reaching his full potential. Here is a kid who is still just, what, 20 years old, uh, has not had a lot of NHL experience just yet and is just starting to realize what it is he's capable of doing. And 
the sky is the limit for a player like Matthew Barzell. Right now, 17 goals, 42 points in 49 games. He's got the plus three. Eight power play points, two game-winning goals. Uh, Are there things he could still do better? Yeah, he's got to take care of the puck a little better. Yeah, he's got to, uh, you know, right now is leading the league in giveaways, which is a dubious achievement. But at the same time, his skill set is off the charts. He's got the speed. He can stick handle. He can move. And it is just a beautiful thing to watch him do what he does best on the ice. And you know when a guy like Matthew Barzal picks up the puck, he could do almost anything. He could skate by you. He could pass the puck. He could shoot the puck. Uh, He can, you know, deke and make a move. So... So many things this kid is capable of doing, and it is just, needless to say, uh, been a a lot of fun as an Islander uh, fan and member of the media to just watch him develop his game. Uh, You know, still hasn't topped that rookie season where he won the Calder Trophy back in uh, 2018 with his 85 points in 82 games, but at the same time, way ahead of last year's pace. Last year, 18 goals in 82 games. He's got 17 in 49 games right now. Represented the Islanders for the second straight year at the All-Star Game and actually picked up two assists in the All-Star Game, uh, although the Metropolitan Division fell 9-5 to to the Atlantic Division in the mini-tournament, and they were out pretty quickly. Barzal, two assists. Setting up goals by John Carlson and TJ Oshie, both of those coming in the first period. And those were his line mates. He's playing with the two Washington Capitals players, which is, uh, you know, a little bit different. But here's what TJ Oshie, who played on the line with Barzal, had to say. His skill level is off the charts. His skating, stick handling, vision on the ice. Would have liked to have put up some more goals, but it's nice trying to get open and to have him find me instead of having him chase me around the ice and not be made a fool of. As for Barzal, his quote, it's always fun being here, coming out and trying to entertain the fans and have a good time. The whole weekend has been great, and that is definitely true for Matthew Barzal and for most of the players at the All-Star Game. Look, the All-Star Game right now is one of those things that fans cannot and should not take all that seriously. It is a showcase for the most skilled and popular players in the game to play a little shinny, show what they've got, show off their skills. No one's going to check. No one's going to play a lot of defense. The goalies are more or less hung out to dry. But if you just want to sit back and watch the best players in hockey do what they do best, You know, it's a great little weekend. It's an honor for the players. It gives the players who are not involved in the game a break from the action. And all things considered, it's something that fans and players alike can enjoy. It sort of marks the midway point of the season, although it always comes, uh, you know, a a couple of weeks after the actual 41-game mark in the season. Islanders have played, as I mentioned, 49 games. A lot of teams are up at 50-51. But it, it really is sort of a, a nice little January midwinter break. And, uh, you know, it tells us also that the playoffs are right around the corner. So congratulations to Matthew Barzal. Two assists in the game. Wins the, the 
fastest skater competition at the All-Star Game, and really does a great job representing the Islanders at this event. And uh, look, hopefully, if you're an Islanders fan, this is just the first of many, or or the second of many more All-Star appearances for the very talented Matthew Barzal. All right, we're going to take a step away when we come back. We'll talk about the arena situation. Uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman had a lot of comments during his State of the League address on Friday about the Islanders, their future, where they're going to play next season, where they may play in the playoffs, and we'll talk about that. Plus, we have this date in Islanders history and a lot more still to come. Stay with us on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we are back. One more quick quote from Matthew Barzal. You battle in season. You get here, you laugh, and you talk about some of the things that maybe happened in season and whatnot. Other than that, you don't come to the All-Star game in a bad mood. Everyone's having a good time and enjoying themselves, and it's easy to get along. And I give Matthew Barzal credit. That's really the way it should be when you're talking about All-Star games and All-Star weekends. Celebrate the game. Have fun. Camaraderie with your teammates, who are usually not your teammates. And uh, a a splendid time is, is guaranteed for all, as they say. So congratulations again to Matthew Barzal for the outstanding job that he did representing the Islanders at the NHL All-Star Game this year. Now, one other thing that was discussed at Gary Bettman's uh, State of the League address prior to the All-Star Game, where are the Islanders going to play next year? And where are they going to play any playoff games, if any, that take place this year. And Bettman, right before the skills competition on Friday, basically indicating that he hasn't decided yet what's going to happen next year with the Islanders. Uh, His quote, it's a little premature at this point to decide what we're doing next season with the Islanders and where they're going to play. And he adds... This, you know, they want the the uh, supervisor of Nassau County, Laura Curran, the Nassau County executive, excuse me, uh, basically wants next season for the team to play all their games at the Nassau Coliseum, wants them to play their playoff games at the Coliseum. And she sent a letter to Gary Bettman and tweeted about it and tried to raise awareness that this is what she's trying to do. And look, why not? Uh, if if I'm running Nassau County and I'm doing everything I can to bring the game back closer to the fans, absolutely, that is something that I, as Nassau County executive, uh, should be doing. But here's the thing, and here's what Bettman said in response. It's not an easy issue, because Nassau Coliseum is not a major league facility. And if the Islanders were to have a deep playoff run, Based on the press and the media and the seating capacity and the facilities available, it could provide monumental challenges and perhaps challenges that we couldn't overcome. So we're staying flexible for the time being. And it is a tough situation because, look, let's face it, the Nassau Coliseum, as it has been rebuilt, is not a major league facility. It would be... It's somewhere in between an AHL and an NHL facility, but the capacity isn't that big. The luxury boxes are certainly lacking, and as he mentioned, the amenities for members of the media, 
And look, if the Islanders do get on a long playoff run, if they reach the Eastern Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals, there would not be uh, enough room for all the fans, all the media, and everybody else who wants to attend. But at the same time, Barclays Center really isn't built for hockey. It is not conveniently located for most fans of this team. And it also, because of the, if you subtract the obstructed view seats, the difference in capacity is not all that great. Now, the advantage that Barclays Center has for the league, at least, is there are more luxury boxes there. And that adds a lot of extra income for the league and and for the team that the Nassau Coliseum wouldn't have. But as far as the fans are concerned, the majority of the fans, there are obviously those who prefer Barclays Center, but the majority of the fans would rather have games at the Coliseum. Closer to home, they can tailgate. It's the old barn. It's where Islanders history took place. And, you know, it's still home for a lot of people. So it's a tough situation for the league to try to deal with. I think the way they handled it last year with the team playing the first round at the Coliseum, the second round, and they're on at Barclays Center was a compromise. Maybe they could extend it to a second round at the Coliseum this year. And as for next season, it's another difficult situation for the league. If they know it's temporary and it's one year, Barclays Center certainly doesn't need the Islanders as much as the Nassau Coliseum does. Barclays Center has more concerts, it has the Nets, it has college basketball, it has more things going on there than the Nassau Coliseum presently does. And again, you know, not to to go back and bring up unpleasant memories, but Nassau County and the town of Hempstead really dropped the ball, not once, but numerous times when it came to renovating and fixing the Nassau Coliseum. The Coliseum should have been renovated and or replaced sometime in the late 90s, quite honestly. And the fact that it never got done uh, until after the Islanders announced that they were moving to Brooklyn, and the fact that when it finally was renovated, it was not renovated to be a major league NHL or NBA facility, was a big mistake, a big disappointment. And now, once the new arena at Belmont is built, what role does the Nassau Coliseum actually play for, you know, Long Islanders? What is the purpose of the venue? They can hold some concerts there. I know that the uh, Nets have a, a development league team there, but how do you fill 365 days of content for the Nassau Coliseum? It's difficult. There's only so many concerts, ice capades, uh, you know, minor league basketball is only going to draw two, three, four thousand fans. An AHL team might do the same, five thousand fans a game or so. Uh, it, it's it's a mess, and I would hope that the Islanders will at least play half their games next season and their playoff games this season at the Nassau Coliseum. It is a better venue for most of the fans, but it is a problem for the media uh, if the Islanders get deep into the playoffs. And revenue-wise, they don't make as much money 
at the Coliseum as they do at Barclays Center. So we'll figure this one out. We'll, we'll certainly keep you posted and we will keep close track of what happens, where the postseason games, if any, will be played and what's going to happen next season. All of that will be part of our coverage here on Locked on Islanders. All right, we're going to take a step back. We will have this Dayton Islanders history and a lot more. More to come here on the Locked on Islanders podcast. All right, we're back here on the Locked on Islanders podcast. Time for this Dayton Islanders history. We take you back to January 27th, 1983. Islanders head to the West Coast to take on the Los Angeles Kings at the Fabulous Forum, or as it was then known, the Great Western Forum in Inglewood, California. Goaltenders in this game, Roland Melanson for the Islanders and Gary Laskoski for the LA Kings. Not a guy who a lot of people remember necessarily. All right, Islanders getting on the scoreboard first. It was Mike Bossy with his 31st goal of the year from Tomas Janssen and Dennis Potvan at 342, and the Islanders had the early 1-0 lead. Islanders adding to that lead a little bit less than five minutes later. Bossy again, his 32nd from Trottier and John Tanelli at 828, and after 20 minutes, the Islanders held that 2 to nothing lead. In the second period, Bernie Nichols of the Kings heads off for elbowing at 5-14, but the Islanders go on the power play. They take advantage. John Tanelli, his 22nd unassisted at 5-34, so just 20 seconds into the power play, 3-0 Islanders. But the Kings did not quit. They get back into the game. At 9.08 of the middle period, Dean Hopkins with his fourth from Marcel Dion and Jim Brown, and it's a 3-1 hockey game. Then, later on in the second period, with uh, Bob Bourne in the penalty box, Marcel Dion scores on the power play his 28th. From Daryl Evans and Dave Taylor, so the future Hall of Famer makes it a 3-2 game. But with a minute five left in the second period, Bossy completes his hat trick, his 33rd from Brian Trottier and Tomas Janssen, and it's 4-2 Islanders after 40 minutes. In the third period, Clark Gillies gets his 13th from Brent Sutter and Dave Longevin at 6:51 to give the Islanders a two-goal cushion, but Jim Fox scores for the Kings, his 20th from Larry Murphy and Terry Ruskowski. And then with Matt Halin in the box for hooking, Marcel Dion with a power play goal, his second of the game, his 29th of the season from his triple crown line mates, Dave Taylor and Charlie Simmer. And all of a sudden, it's a one-goal game again. The Islanders clinch it, though, with an empty net goal by Tanelli, his second of the game, unassisted at 19:34, and the Islanders skate away with a 6-4 victory in Los Angeles. Mike Bossy with the hat trick. He also led the team with nine shots on goal, two assists for Tomas Janssen, two goals, and an assist for John Tanelli, and a two-assist effort. For Brian Trottier in this one. Roland Melanson, 
33 saves to earn the win. Meanwhile, Marcel Dion, two goals and an assist to pace the LA Kings. But because both of his goals come on the power play, Dion a minus four, Charlie Simmer a minus four, Dave Taylor a minus five in this game. Kings out shooting the Islanders 37 to 30. But the Islanders come away with the win, a 6-4 victory in Los Angeles on this date in Islanders history, January 27th, 1983. All right, don't forget, please, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a five-star review and some comments on uh, your podcatcher of choice. It really does help other Islander fans find the podcast and helps grow the Locked On Islanders family. I am your host, Gil Martin. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be with you all week leading up to Saturday's game against the Canucks. And by the way, the next three home games for the Islanders will all be in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. So make sure uh, that you're aware of that fact. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more great Islanders coverage Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.